0: inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word now here's david with reflections from the heart
1: hello and welcome to reflections from the heart my name is rob longo with stewardship mission of faith and i'm joined by the trio of toms tom fertile tom deangelis tom terrace how are you guys doing Great, rob. Uh, good to be here with you guys as we uh, kick off our our lenten journey so uh, Everybody who's listening for the first time, this is a gospel reflection, uh, and what we do is we look at the gospel for the coming Sunday, and uh, we we read that gospel, and, and we just share what's what's on our heart, what the Holy Spirit puts on our heart. So if you're able to uh, get a Bible or look uh, look online, the gospel for this coming Sunday is from the gospel of Mark, Mark 1, 12 to 15, Mark 1, 12 to 15. But before we read the gospel, Tom, if you could open us up with the prayer,
2: please. Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, amen. Yeah. Heavenly Father, as we go on this journey of Lent, we ask for your grace and your guidance. We ask for your presence, and though the Lenten journey is filled with images of, of um going into the desert and uh, seeming to be apart and seeming to be alone and in time of self sacrifice we know that it's a time where we grow closer to you through these exercises and so we ask for that we ask for the for the discipline for the dedication for the, the perseverance to to make some changes and not only to to give up but to embrace new exercises new practices for we know that all of these things It's not about us. It's not about a reward. It's not about keeping track, but it's about growing in our relationship with you. And so we ask that our time in the desert during Lent um, is blessed. As we grow closer, we become more of you and less of the world so that we can bring the message of salvation through your Son to all whom we encounter and we ask all this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And Father, Father and Son, Son, and Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Tom Terrace.
1: Yes. You could read the gospel for us, please. Thank sure. you. Sure. Again, this is uh, Mark chapter
3: 1, verses 12 through 15. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you,
1: Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. That's why this just reinforces how important gospel reflection is. With a short gospel like this, you can hear, this is the gospel of the Lord. You're like, what? What's the gospel of the Lord? Right? So... uh it's uh, it's awesome to be able to to be here with you guys and with everybody listening to to really dig in deep to these short verses but uh was so impactful as we as we begin our journey. So what uh, what jumped out at you guys?
2: It's well it's it's an it's a amazing passage um again for the lenten season because you have Jesus going out to as he as he does frequently, you know, going out to spend some time alone. Of course, this is the start of his ministry, so heading out for 40 days. Um and of course, it's during that time where he's going to draw closer to God is when we see him being tempted. You know, so I think, you know, as we go in Lent and, and we attempt to, you know, do some self-sacrifice and some, uh, you know, uh, all the prayer, fasting, almsgiving, it's it's not uncommon that as we delve deeper, as we go out into the desert, that sometimes temptation increases. I think that sometimes something that we forget about that, you know, um, I know in my own life sometimes when I've been felt the most, you know, um, serious about my prayer life and my faith life then some of the largest temptations come, you know, as mm-hmm. so I think that's, that's the way of The enemy, which is as you draw closer, it's like wait a minute, I gotta, I gotta get involved here, and yeah. and and sometimes you know the the temptations become you know stronger. You feel you feel more of uh, under assault. So it's kind of an irony there. You know when you feel fear, you know spiritually strong, I think be aware because um, I think that's sometimes when. You know, we become a a riper target, yeah. you know, so to speak, um, and 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 we can get we can get a little bit uh, self self righteous or self confident. I'm in a good spot right now, and my prayer life is good, and my faith life is good. And then, wham! Mm-hmm. Suddenly, something rears its head, and you know. So it just uh, yeah. this just reminds me of that. So as, as he as Christ goes out to draw closer to the Father um, and be a part that's when he gets tempted
4: so yeah i always think of uh, that uh, saying pride goeth before the fall mm, yeah, you know yeah. and uh, i have to look that up i'm not exactly sure where that's from but i know it's in the scriptures because that's <laughs> whatever anybody says it that's the way they always say it but it is true i mean i think when And, you know, if you can, and I think St. Francis de Sales in his introduction uh, to the devout life talks about this, is when, if you can make, you know, when you get to the point where you start feeling like that, like you're talking about, to recognize, and then that becomes a trigger point for you to say, oh, I got to pull back. I got to humble myself. I got to, I'm going a little too far here. But that's one of the things that he kind of coaches lay people on the devout life is if you can make the temptation a trigger for you to go to Christ, you know, and and practice the opposite virtue, then the devil will go away because he he figures after a while, this isn't working, I'll come back and try something different, you know? In fact, I just read that passage a couple weeks ago, so... This is fresh in my mind, but but I think that's true. When you start to get, you know, a big head or you start thinking you got this thing conquered or you got mastered or finally God's brought me to where I should be with those consolations and everything, then, you know, you're, you're the next thing is, well, how much do you really love me? How about if I take a little bit of this mm-hmm. away? How about yeah, if yeah. I put you under a little duress? And I think about this, too, from the standpoint of, you know, the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Drove Jesus out into the desert, uh, where he remained for 40 days and was tempted by Satan. And you know, just like the word, the you know, the literal Hebrew word for sin is means missing the target. The literal um, Hebrew word for Satan means the one who opposes, the opponent. And the and the opponent is sometimes referred to as the adversary, who creates adversity for us. That's part of the testing that we're called to go through. To prove, you know, it's one thing when we have consolations in our life to say, "Oh God, I love you," You're, you know, thank you. But it's another thing when, you know, what we get is is not to our liking, or is temptation, or is difficult. Um, then can we still maintain that that relationship, that sense of love? That, uh, in fact. Again, as St. Francis de Sales said, use it as an opportunity to grow closer, to really exercise harder because now you're being pulled away, you know, mm-hmm. pull yourself closer.
1: I, I was just invited in through a request to pray. Uh, a, a dear friend of mine was making a one-on-one retreat. He sent this this plea for prayer prior to me knowing what the gospel was for this coming Sunday. And, and it's really a, a little snapshot of, Tom, what you were saying, Tom Fertle, at, at the very beginning about the evil one, you know, and... and when you're entering in, then the, uh, the, the, attack happens. So he sent me this message just with a plea. He said, Rob, please pray for me. I'm at this one-on-one retreat. Um, uh, the, the retreat director really pinpointed what he truly believes is what's needed for the focus here. And, uh, and he's assigned me four to five hours of prayer every day. And I am ever since I'm, I feel like I'm under attack by the enemy, you know, distractions, even at the hotel, the external noise, then that was taken care of. Now the internal noise, just, and he was really pleading for, for help. know, I, I said, thank you for, you know, allowing me in and, and I'll sure, surely pray. And I was at a school the next day, I had, you know, a few hundred kids praying without mentioning his name, uh, praying for him. And, uh, you know, I let him know that, offering up masses. And then he sends a, uh, a text in response saying that the retreat director said to him, and this is a quote: The distractions you saw as keeping you from prayer were the work of the Holy Spirit, deepening within you the longing to be with the Father in prayer, and leading you to the humility of asking others to pray for you. Um,
4: That's a smart spiritual directive. Yeah. Uh, Holy, so,
1: Holy Spirit. So we, uh, you know, we're called to enter into prayer fasting and giving in, in in a deeper way. And for me I'm hoping that this is a kickstart, like not just okay, let me let me do this 40 days of prayer fasting and giving and then, you know, check the box and and I'll see you next year. That hopefully it's a kickstart again cuz you know the busier for me the busier I get, even if it's good stuff, you know, it could be doing ministry or whatever, the busier I get, the more my prayer life seems to 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 fall to the wayside. That you get I get busy doing the things of God or talking about God or, you know, doing things within stewardship that are, you know, God-centered, but am I centered on God, right? And that's with my prayer. Am I taking that time? Am I breaking away like our Lord shows us in, in the gospel all the time? Am I embracing that silence to be filled up to then go do what, what He's asking me to do? So I'm really hoping that this is a, this is a kickstart to deepening prayer.
3: Um, yeah, what jumped out at me was the, he remained. And I guess it's kind of uh, hitting upon what you're talking about. Like St. Ignatius says, like when you're in desolation, not to make any changes. So to like yeah. remain where you're at, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, so I think uh, a lot of times when there's a suffering in our life or a cross, we want to get out of it as soon as we can. Then we turn to drugs or alcohol or whatever, you know? And, you know, I I I think when that suffering is there, you have to, like, sort of remain in it, you know, but not turn to the to the world, but mm. to turn to God, just as Jesus did in the, you know, in this desert. You know, he's among wild beasts, um, and he has the humility to allow angels. Here's God mm. allowing angels, you know, to minister to him, and, you know, he needed help, spiritual help. And so he, you know, received it from, you know, the angels to help him through that. And I think it's the same in our lives when we have a, a suffering or a cross, you know, not to quickly want to get out of it, which is our first reaction, is to jump away from whatever is feels that, that is hurting us, um, but to sort of to take a deep breath and just stay there, remain there, and turn to God, like, you know, like what you were saying, Tom.
2: Yeah, if I remember, this, 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 the passage is to pick up your cross and follow me, right? I don't mean it was like get rid of the cross yeah. or dish it off to somebody else, you know. But, uh, but uh, Tom, I love that. And I love I love the, the reference to angels because, again, I think, you know, again, just for me, a lot of times we, you know, we think of angels when we go back to elementary school, you know, hey, angels, guardian angels, and then, like, they kind of go away. and Like, we don't always go back to that, you know. And I remember people talking about, like, you know, name your guardian angel. Again, just as a—not that that's a, you know, like a doctrinal thing, but something—it's a reminder. It's a reminder remember that you have helped from God you know and like in my in my own life the you know the saint michael prayer i found extremely valuable you know tom you mentioned triggers you know that's one of those great things when when there's a temptation when there's something rising you know like like they say psychology you know count to 10 before you open your oh, mouth yeah, well yeah. you get that temptation that saint michael prayer i mean that's like that's like turbo i mean that's like bam that's that's spiritual yeah. warfare 101 Better like, you than know 10, huh? it is it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 incredible and um it it gives you that and again god we he made us spiritual and and psychological so it's, a, it's it's a spiritual reality going on there but it's also psychological it buys you that time it buys you that moment it causes you to, to pause it causes you to reflect and so why that's going on psychologically there's spiritual warfare going on because saint michael is there and, and that's you know it's, it's little things like that that we kind of you know we try to muscle through on our own oh, i can i can do this you know well no you know even talking to my kids about you know about Lent, you know giving things up and it's and it's it is partly again a a physical thing a Willpower thing. I'm going to give up forever chocolate. I'm going to fast. I'm going to give up. You know, Facebook. You it is, You know, those things that are addictive. But it's also to a greater spiritual exercise. You know, so it, it is both. You know, it, it's it's physical and it's psychological. So, you know, and pay attention to our to our angels They're there to help us. Your guardian angel, Saint Michael. I mean, the, a devotion is 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 appropriate. And and again, just one more one more uh, um, spiritual help for the journey that we sometimes i think uh, neglect or forget about.
4: And then and just to keep in mind too that it, it, you know there are angels and there are angels. You know there mm-hmm. there cuz you know Satan and his minions are are you know fallen angels. And again they're you know by by definition they are opposed to everything that's godly and holy. So but I think one of the things that uh, our faith teaches us is that the adversarial, the opposition has been redeemed. Now it is no longer, like death is no longer um, meaningless, you know, feared. Death is the doorway to eternal union with God, you know. And how can you take something that's the worst possible thing you can think of from a human perspective and turn it into the best possible opportunity for us? Well, I think that's what's done also with opposition, with temptation, with, you know, being tempted by Satan or whatever. But it's also to keep in mind that there's a whole cloud of saints and witnesses and angels on the other side that are pulling just as hard or harder in the opposite direction. So, you know, it's just... it. You know, and and earlier in the week at one of our gospel reflections that I was at, one of the guys was talking about going to mass and feeling like, you know, you're you're in your refuge, you know, and you get your sword out and you clean it up and you sharpen it and you you do this and you you know you 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 heal the wounds that you had, you know, you go to confession, you get healthy again, and then he said you just put it all back on and go back. He said when I walk out of church, it's like. The air goes out of everything. He said, I'm, so I'm back in the battle, you know, but that's why we go. We go to that place to where we can rest, where we can be uh, rejuvenated, where we can be uh, healed, you know, brought to brought to confession. Uh, and then we're strengthened to go. We we receive the Eucharist food for the journey, you know, for, for the battle, actually. And we go back out into the field. You know, that's but there's a there's a there's a gracefulness to that. There's a um, there's a. Uh, something that's aspirational that calls us to be better, to be, you know, to be a warrior out there, not just to be a participant. You know, to be somebody that's making a difference. That's you know that and that's sharing the message that we have, which is all this stuff is good. You know, we can. It's it's a good thing. God put us here for, you know, to serve Him, and serving that is serving Him. You know, serving that message is serving Him.
1: The thing that I'm really struck with is. Uh... Food is a big is a big challenge for me. I, I love I love eating, and uh, I get a little nervous when Lent comes, you know, because you know the, I try to you know do some things with food. But then I also say, okay, well maybe I'll just do more this year. But Tom um, earlier, you said it's a both end. Like it's not like okay, you know, <laughs> it's not just about giving up food. But for me, that would be, I think, uh, an easy way out to say I'm just going to do more. And yeah, no, it's not an either or. It's it's got to be a both end because if I can't say no. To something as simple as food, how am I going to say no to something that 's going to hurt my soul All right so it's it 's a workout, and you know we were so in this area so excited about um, about the eagles and and winning the Super Bowl so even if you 're not an Eagles fan, you know some of us around this table are not an Eagles fan leave uh you know which time that might be nameless um, <laughs> people admire what it took for these guys to get to that point right and we admire the like if you say, "What did it take for, you know, for uh, you know Nick Foles to be MVP in the Super Bowl?" Like you need to talk about the sacrifice and the suffering and the practice and the study and everything, and people will admire that and say, "Go Nick, do more." You know, whatever you did, do more. But then if we talk about prayer and fasting and giving, and people hear you know that we're fasting or doing whatever, like, oh, that's a little overboard. Anything you think that's like you know you you're you're okay. You don't need to do all that. So in the world. We admire everything that it takes to be number one, right? And we and we appreciate that and we say, go do more. But then when we talk about the sacrifices and the exercises that it takes to become a saint, you know, if we all, you know, all of us say we want to go to heaven, well there's <laughs> everyone in heaven's a saint, right? If you ask people, do you want to be a saint? Some I did it yesterday at the school. Who wants to be a saint? There's one class, like four people raise their hand. I was like, all right, let me ask a different question. Who here wants to go to heaven? They all raise their hand and say, Okay. Besides yeah. the angels, everyone in heaven's a saint, right? So, okay, who wants to be a saint? Everybody raise their hand. So what does it take to be a saint? It takes prayer, fasting, and giving. You know, we, need to, we need to have a relationship with God. We need to be able to say no to things that are not bad in order to say no to things that are, that can damage our soul. And we need to be generous. We need to give. We need to realize that nothing that we have is ours, that we need to be generous with that. That's the exercising that the saints did. And that's the exercising that we're called to do on our path to becoming a saint. So just know that this battle that we're talking about, you know, and, and it's here. It's you know, it's you can just picture the you know the epic music in the background. You know, Jesus and Satan. You know, it's like you know, they're they're coming together, and it's the you know the kingdom of God is at hand. And then you have Satan and wild beasts. The world is not going to appreciate our spiritual exercises. The world, you know, if they not that we blow a horn about them, right? But if they do find out what we're doing. Don't be surprised if you get pushback. Don't be surprised if people, oh, you don't really need to do that. Don't be surprised at that. Just, just expect that because the world does not understand, right? The culture does not understand prayer, fasting, and giving. It goes against everything that, that is going on in culture right now. Uh, but the kingdom of God is at hand. So that's why it's beautiful you know, for, for us here to share and for, for everyone listening that we're sharing together. You know, we build each other up. We encourage each other because when we leave here, we might not be understood, right? Jesus mm-hmm. wasn't understood, okay, and he's yeah. a little bit better of an evangelizer and, uh, <laughs> than we are, right? So expect it, expect it. Let's not let's not get derailed. Um, let's 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 make our commitments. Let's live our commitments. If we fall, get back up and just keep keep going.
2: And start now. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you hit it there, Rob. You know, the kingdom of God is at hand. This is a time of fulfillment. It, it's not tomorrow. You know, after I get this part of my life figured out, then I'll get more holy. Uh, you know, then I'll pray more, you know. And I always say, you know, you know, start where you are. I mean, I look at it, you know, daily mass is a good thing. Reading scripture every day is a good thing. Doing a rosary is a good thing. Chapel of Divine mercy is a good thing. Evening vespers is a good thing. Live of the saints is a good thing. But you don't st- – in fact, I don't know anybody, though, who does all of them every day. You know? mm-hmm. So you don't yeah. have to go, well, oh, my gosh, I'll never be like my grandmother who went to the church every day <laughs> with her rosary with her babushka on. No, you start where you are, and you pick yeah. what you can do. You know, um, because again, we recognize it. And like you said, Rob, our other areas of life—you don't start off being a marathon runner by running twenty miles a day. You know, you take the—you you walk around the block. You know, and every—and we know that about every other part of our life that it takes—it takes. There's there's little steps along the way. So spiritually, it's the same thing. Pick the low hanging fruit. Pick the one thing that you can do. Pick the one thing that you will do. That and, and and make it easier. Give yourself a reminder. Hang the rosary on the mirror. Put the Bible next to your bed, next to your phone. So before you do your evening. Facebook and, and news check up. You know, you you rip out, you whip out some scripture, whatever it is. But start where you are with those small steps, and then let the process go, and let the spirit guide you, and let the angels help you. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to eat the entire elephant in one bite. You, know, yeah. you start, uh, start, uh, start small from where you are, but start, start, and, and make some progress.
1: It's, it's discipline, right? Yeah, it's, sure, it's it's sure. doing doing what we know we should. Even when we do not want to, especially yeah. when we do not want to, especially, right? So yeah. it's it's that discipline. And we're, you know, we, you know, we do a little better of a job academically, athletically, musically, you know, with the arts, with entering into that discipline and encouraging, especially those of us who have kids or grandkids, we encourage that discipline um, in all aspects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we're doing it. We encourage it. And I think we just need to now use this kickstart opportunity at Lent to. To really encourage the discipline in our what's most important, our yeah. our our soul, building our soul muscles. And when
3: you mis- mention discipline, you're talking about like the eagles. I mean, no one sees them training in the summertime and in July when it's ninety degrees and they're running and doing all, you know, sorts of things that ultimately lead them to become Super Bowl champs. So, you know, we want, always want the easy road. We want to be the champs without (laughs) doing any of that. Great point. The the
2: Olympics right now, the Olympic stories too, what it takes to get there. It looks so easy, you know, but wait a minute, look at the journey that they took, the dedication, the discipline, commitment, unbelievable.
4: Well, and I think too, one of the things that, that uh, those people who aren't, expert in a particular area don't appreciate is that when you get really good at something, you do make it look easy. Mm. But but the time and the energy, like you said, Tom, that it mm. takes to get there is not easy, you know? So, you know, one of the things that we, we look at when we see somebody who has expertise in a field or is that, it, you know, it kind of, it just flows out of them. Like, they're so good. They're so practiced. They're so accomplished at what they're doing. A musician, you know, an athlete, uh, uh, that... They make it look easy. And then so people, you know, construe in their head, well, then it must be easy. I'll just go out there and, you know, I can pick up a tennis racket and be, you know, I can play like, I don't know who the current tennis player is. Yeah. I was going to say Bjorn Boren, but that dates me me really badly. Wood rackets. but, But you have to do that. And the other thing, too, that I think people... Um, mistake on the front end is and you pointed out Tom is they try to do too much at the beginning Mm. and that's you hear that over and over again in the rule it's in St. Ignatius it's in the rule of St. Benedict it's in Francis de Sales I just ran across it is Moderation, you know, because the idea is it's a long haul and the idea is you want to get one spiritual discipline and really get it ingrained, you know, really. and the discipline on the other side of that, you know, not taking on too much is stick with the one that you took on, even when it gets tough, even when you're distracted, you know. And it gave me a whole new perspective on distractions because we all wrestle with distractions. But he's saying the distractions, all they do is serve to make you concentrate more. They bring your heart more deeply into the desire for Christ because it's like gnats flying around your head. You know, you just you want to get rid of them. And so it makes you focus even more. Which for me, it was always like, why are the, you know, you don't have to get rid of the distractions. You have to go through them and you have to master them in effect, and which means you've got to bring your mind to a more of a deeper focus and more of a deeper desire for the person of Christ. It's not a matter of dealing with the gnats. It's a matter of ignoring them and continuing to go where you're going, you know? And that I think is a difficult thing. That's the discipline part that you were talking about, Rob, is sticking with the thing, but when we forget about the goal and we start focusing on the distractions, that's where we get off track. The goal is really to grow closer to Christ. is really to grow in our desire for our love of God. and that, But we lose focus on that because of distractions. That's exactly what, why they're called distractions. You know? yeah,
1: right, right. yeah. <laughs> you know? It's funny. This morning when I was praying the rosary on the way here, I was in the middle of praying, and then I, was, then I started thinking about this, and then thinking about you guys, and thinking about different projects that we're working on together, and I was like, whoa. Lord, <laughs> where, where did that come from? But yeah, we, we have to give ourselves a break. You know, we can't beat ourselves up about it. You know, they're they're there. It's going to happen, and uh, you know, just recognize it. Pray for whoever you're, you're, you know, thinking about during your distraction. Pray for whatever project you're thinking about, and then get back to uh, yeah back to doing what you're going to do.
3: Yeah, a priest told me one time when you have like, you know, sort of, sort of bad thoughts or whatever to sort of think of them. So you're not dwelling on, imagine you're in a movie theater and a lady comes and sits in front of you with a gigantic hat. Yeah. And for some reason, you can't get rid of the hat. So you have to keep like looking around it. And so it's just doing that. Mm-hmm. You're not... Don't focus on the hat. Just as annoying as it is, just try and look around <laughs> it. And, and so, same with any sort of temptations or thoughts or you know, dwell on them. Just mm-hmm. try and look past them to you know God.
1: Ash Wednesday, I was driving my car, and the night before, uh that was the car that we used to pick up the pizza. So we had we had a, a, a Valentine's Eve celebration. We had pizza and all kinds of sweets, since you know Valentine's was was Wednesday. But getting in the car Wednesday on Ash Wednesday, a fast day, the car still had the aroma of the most delicious <laughs> yeah, yeah. pizza. So smelling that, you know, I was like, "Oh man!" Right? <laughs> so you so there. So that was my hat. I was uh, <laughs> I was smelling I was smelling the hat. Uh, so guys out there, um, our friends who've been listening for a while, our new friends who just joined us. God bless you, each and every one of you and your families as you begin your journey. Right? So let's uh, let's make our commitments. Let's live our commitments, and if we fall, let's get right back up and and take the next step. God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a gospel reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.